You are listening to What Do You Know, part of the 1830 Podcast Network. Find us easily by searching 1830 Podcast Network directly in the Apple Podcasts app, Google Podcasts app, or the Spotify app. Also visit us at facebook.com 1830podcastnetwork for more information. And now, what do you know? Hello? Hi, what do you know? He answered. <laughs> what do you know? Um, this is this is Bob Hedrick, I assume. Thank you for uh, answering yes, the call. Is. I'm I'm really glad that you're uh, taking part in our podcast, and thank you for again, thank you for answering the call. This is as typical. We we jump right into this. I'm ready if you are. Sure, might as well. I'm, right. I'm good to go. All right. Can you share a testimony of your calling? Well, um, sure. I'll give you some some background to that. I grew up, you know, going to church all the time. Um, all those kinds of things. And, uh, I gotta be honest with my, my last name. I knew that, that, that there was a lot of, <clears throat> I felt a lot, I felt a lot of pressure, I guess, to be, to, to live up to, to my last name. Right. Um, and so I actually grew up with absolutely no desire whatsoever to be a preacher. I remember being a kid, um, or even a young man and dreading sacrament services, not because of, uh, you know, the, the, what, you know, the emblems or the, the testimonies or anything like that. It was dreading it that, of, oh, is this the day that, that, of, you know, being fearful of being called? Cause I, I honestly, I, I don't, I'm not, uh, I don't really feel like I, I have the skills that I look around and see other people that, that, uh, I consider good speakers. And so I was, I was more than happy to be content, uh, cleaning the, cleaning the church or anything else besides preaching. But and, we're, but we're the Hedrickites, right? You're exactly. the, you're the, <laughs> you're our namesake. That's a lot That's of pressure a, for a young man. That is the, uh, you know, that, that was the burden of that name. Um, to be honest with you. So, um, and, and so, yeah, that's kind of where, where I was at. Um, I did not see myself as, as being any kind of a preacher. I had no desire. I had no, uh, no will for it. Not, not, not will. Well, it's not the right word, but just, just going through life. You know, <laughs> I was completely content not being a preacher, if that makes sense. Yes. So that was my, my, young man years. And, you know, I, uh, I kind of went through a, a hard time as a young man. Not that I was, um, doing things that were horrible, but, you know, I had my own struggles. Um, I struggled with pornography as a young man. I had struggles with pride. I had struggles with, uh, you know, control of my own life. And, and so that was, there was, parts of my life that I don't look back on with any kind of fondness. They were some pretty dark years. And, uh, you know, and, and it was one of those things we were pretty good at uh, putting on facades and, uh, you know, going through, you know, making the appearance of everything's fine. But, uh, but I, I really struggled for quite a few years um, with that. 
And uh, so it wasn't until I was in my late 20s, probably. I don't remember exactly how old I was at the time. But uh, it was actually at a song service. And and uh, for some for whatever reason, you know, I was always good about being at church because that's where I knew I was supposed to be. You know, my parents had had, had drilled that into me. And I didn't, and I enjoyed singing, but for whatever reason, um, we, uh, we sang a song is you're all in the altar. It's 166. And, uh, and the words of that song just convicted me. And cause it wasn't my, I was trying to run my life and control my life as much as I could. And I was doing a terrible job of it and, uh, not finding the peace, not finding the joy, not finding the happiness um at all and and i think that was it's a point that we all have to get to at some point in our life as i I felt completely broken just just completely broken um and it was at that point when i said okay god what you're the boss whatever you want and uh and and it was I, i can look back on that on that moment in that time and that was where my life changed uh, completely. And so, um, I don't remember exactly what time of year that was, but it was just a few months later. It was at, uh, the camp for all ages up and up in uh, at the Yates ranch up there in here. Yeah. And, and I, it's interesting because, um, I was called by Bob Oldham while I was being administered to by him. That's um, new. He was offering the prayer and then he stopped. And then in the middle of his prayer, he called. And, uh, you know, it was, it was unusual. And there were a lot of, of witnesses and those kinds of things. But, but I, you know, as I think about it, I was always so fearful of sacrament services. And it wasn't at a sacrament service. No kidding. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, it was, it was just an administration. Not, I shouldn't say just, but I you know, it was, it was different. Um, and so, yeah, that certainly uh, was, was humbling. I certainly felt inadequate. Uh, I still kind of feel inadequate, but you know, I was been praying about it. Well, what is the, what is the, the truth, you know, what is, what is, is this, is this truly your, you? And that's what it really comes down to. It's, it's, is getting to that point. Is that really you talking to me, God? And, uh, and it was, uh, a couple of weeks later, I had an experience. Um, just, I, I I don't know how to describe it, but I just had an experience where I saw myself preaching and it was, uh, it was like, Okay. All right. Um, I, and I think that, you know, I didn't have a desire. You know, I, I did a study recently about uh, priesthood, you know, what, what we believe and why. And it was about the priesthood and the different, you know, there's a lot of different um, in the world out there. There's lots of different ways that people become ministry. And, and one of the first ones that they always talk about is, is they have that, you know, <laughs> The quote was that, you know, if you have this 
this desire this this that if, if you don't preach you're going to explode well that's a, that's god calling you to be a preacher well i never had that but i had something different and that was just that that knowledge of okay he does things his way i i, I guess i didn't have the desire but i i guess i had the willingness um I, and that was right. totally cuz i had reached that point in my life where i was i was broken on and said, okay, God, you're the boss. And, you know, and then you get scheduled for your first sermon and, you know, and the, and the butterflies are there and what's this going to be like? And then, and then it was during that, during that first sermon as well. It just, it just, everything just kind of flowed. And it was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't me. Um, he's helping me. And, uh, and so I just kind of grew from there. Um, you know, I, I, if you'll allow me to interject, I remember your oh, first yeah. sermon. You do? I do. I wow. remember that you were wearing a lapel mic. I don't know if you remember oh. this. And you you had <laughs> I, this, this uh, dry erase pen that you kept twisting yes. back and forth. And it was popping oh, it was... right into the lapel mic. And we heard it yeah. clear as day. And, and I think it was your kind of nervousness that you didn't mind oh, that yeah. it was. <laughs> yep. I remember that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so not to take away well, from your comfort that you felt from from God, you know. But uh, the thing I took away from that sermon was the dry erase pen right next to the microphone. Right, and 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 there was a note to self: never do that. <laughs> That's funny. I think somebody mentioned to to me afterwards, but. But at, at that time, it was it was passed, so it, I was I was happy to be done. It didn't matter at that point. Yeah. So, uh, but you want you want something funny that's crazy too? Sure. So when I was called to be an elder, it was at a song service, and it's the same thing. It, it not at a sacrament service. It was at a song service. God knows how to talk to you, I guess. Apparently, he knows he what knew. you need to hear. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. So, I like I like stories like this. This is why I'm doing this thing. Uh, so I have a question for you, not related, but kind of one A, if you will. I would mm -hmm. like to ask you where have you attended the most church services? Ooh. I'm just springing this one on you. So this wasn't in the script. Yeah. So it would be it'd be really close between the the Temple lot and Phoenix. And where um, are where are you now? Grand Junction. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. So you just, uh, you just bloom where you're planted or where you, you feel the need to go or, uh, I'm not, uh, there's another, there's, we could talk more about that on another, another time, but I just think that's interesting yeah. how, uh, you, you've seemed to have been split up into three different places where, where God's put you. That, that is a fact. Um, <laughs> I do, I do feel like I've had three different lives or three different uh, port parts of my life, certainly. Okay, you ready for question number two? Well, sure. How long or how much do you prepare for a typical sermon and how many sermons have you preached? So um, a typical sermon, I would guess around three to four hours. And it's and it varies obviously. I am a Saturday Saturday night before uh, before the uh, the 
the service on Sunday prepare. I think during the week I will uh, try to be mindful of uh, of thoughts that mm-hmm. I feel like are, are directed on on my mind, um, whether it's something I hear somebody say or something I read or or something, and will spark something. Um, sometimes I'll go back and look at some old sermon notes and, and something will spark that. But, um, you know, it's, it's probably three to three to four hours typically, um, to, to get it kind of where I'm comfortable with. And, you know, and, and my, my sermon notes, you know, I'll, I'll have verses and then I'll have thoughts. And then I have arrows, and then I have asterisks, and then I circle things, and it's, it's uh, they're they're a mess. <laughs> but uh, but I I guess I I, I got to the point where that's I know where I'm going, and I you know, I really admire the guys that can have it all um, printed out and and uh, have everything all organized, and, and uh, mine doesn't usually um, work quite that way. Now. You know, I, I, I really enjoy, I guess more than preaching, I love teaching classes. Okay. You know, I think it's probably just because the interaction you can have with students that way. You can ask questions. You can have more of a conversation. But, you know, I was thinking about that as well. You know, I, I bet it's it's probably six to eight hours per hour of class that I do because we do studies on Wednesday nights here. And, and it's probably six to eight hours of of study ahead of time for each hour worth of class. You have to be so, more prepared if the, if the congregation can ask questions right back to you, right? Well, yeah, because you, <laughs> you feel like you really need to know the background in depth in order to really be able to, to teach anything. And so, but yeah, it, uh, it can get time consuming, but it's worth it. So did you have a number? Did you come up with a number? Oh, you know what? I, I was thinking about that. So it's been 25 years ish and I'm guessing several hundred. Okay. Um, but I, I couldn't tell you for sure. I don't, I don't have uh, notches on my Bible and book of Mormon. Right, so. right, right. <laughs> but I'm, I, that's just a ballpark. I, I really don't know. That's, a, that's okay. That's just what I'm going for. That's what I'm wondering. And then uh, question number three, what do your scriptures look like? If I were to open them up, would I find highlighters? Would I find notes? What do they look like? You know, um, well, the ones I got right now, I got a new Bible about. Oh, I've heard this ago. excuse before. But but honestly, my in all of my scriptures I've ever had, I'm in my old Bible kind of just wore out. It was falling apart at the seams. But I grew up, you know, I don't know if it was just ingrained in me or taught. You know, you don't write in books. Right, right. Okay. And, and so I really struggle with writing in my scriptures. I bet there's probably less than 20 places where I've actually written a, a cross-reference or a note um, in my scriptures. Maybe half a dozen places where I've actually highlighted. And, it, you know, it's it's to me, it just feels weird that I'm, I'm writing in a book and it just feels wrong for some reason. But uh, yeah, that's, there's not a whole lot of marks in mine. That's okay. That's, I love, I love that we we take all kinds here 
And <laughs> I like this new uh, new idea, new person, not new, but I, I've been told my whole life not to write in books too. It's sort of a rebellious thing that you get to do that. <laughs> but 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 that's that's great. Thank you for sharing that. I I think it's one of the things that that I see is is this isn't Star Wars. God didn't try to to make a preacher and then clone him, and then every all the everybody is exactly a clone of that. Right, he, right. He uses different different people differently, and they all you know all of our brains work a little differently, and and uh, and that's what he uses is is our differences, I guess. Okay. I have, we're down to question number four and we're, we're going really fast through this. So please uh, take oh. your time on, on question four, please share 10 of your favorite scriptures with us. And what is the message about each scripture that you, that you like? All right. Well, I got, I got several, so I'll just jump in there. I don't, they're not in any particular order, but I was, I was jotting down uh, notes. And I will try uh, really hard not to editorialize. I was, uh, I, I apologize to Brandon. For, for what I did to him last, <laughs> last, and I and and my wife kind of punched me in the arm and said, "Oh, I didn't." Not no, she didn't say it like this, but but yeah. a, a, along the lines of, "Who's the preacher here?" And so so I won't. I will try really hard not to say what I think the scriptures mean. Go ahead. Well, that'll be no fun. That's half. The, that's that's the. That's part of the process, I think. Oh, I because know. That's I what. I, yeah, that's what I love about it. Every, at the Everybody's dinner table. Yep. Um, that's I guess that's why I like the classes more than giving sermons is 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 having that interaction, right. having that iron iron sharpening iron moments. Those uh, those wrestling, mental wrestling moments. I guess. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. I'm gonna be quiet now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the the first one that came to mind is probably one of my favorites is First Nephi, chapter one, verse sixty five. And it says, and it came to pass that I, Nephi, said unto my father, I will go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded. For I know that the Lord giveth no commandments unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way for them, that they may accomplish the thing which he commanded them. You know, and this is, you know, when when uh, Lehi, his, his father, has been directed to send his boys back to Jerusalem to get the plates to, or the, the records for his people. And... Uh, and Nephi recognizes that, okay, if God's asking us to do something, he, you know, all we have to provide is our willingness. And I have to be reminded of that frequently is, you know, that that concept of I, I don't have to do everything. I don't have to have everything figured out. I think that's part of it goes back to my, my desire for control is to have all the ducks in a row, all of the all of things, everything's lined up ahead of time, so it's, it goes perfectly. And and I don't. I, it's it's that steering wheel moment. I keep wanting to reach over and grab the steering wheel, and and, and God's got it. And I have to re, remind myself of that. And and you know, I feel like sometimes I I feel like it's like, like I don't even know what I'm doing. You know, how in the world can I do this? And I got to remember, it's like, wait a minute the Lord commanded and so he will provide and uh, and he does and, and I just I just take great comfort in that 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 whatever he asks us to do um, whether it's to preach whether it's to do podcasts whether it's to do you know 
anything, he, he makes it so that we can do it. He's already got it figured out. He's already prepared it, a way for it to be done. All we have to offer is our will, um, our willingness to go ahead and say, okay, you're the boss. I'll trust you. Just help me know what the next step is. And, and he always does. That's kind of how I felt when I had my first son. I have no yeah. idea what this is about. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. And whether you know how to or not, you're you're going to do this. You're 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 kind of forced. It's forced on you as as a dad, but you're going to figure it out as you go. And and it's it's uh that's kind of the feeling I I get when from your from that description of that verse. Oh yeah, totally. And, and you know, it's talking about dads. <laughs> I had the conversation with Cody several times as as well. You're you're the oldest. That's where we learned on. You know, we made lots of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> with, right, right. With you, because we 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 didn't know what we were doing either. Um, and uh, but we have had that desire to the willingness to do it, and so you you learn and you grow, and and the same thing, he's he's got it figured out and he's prepared a way for it to be done, and uh, we just have to be willing. My next one, I think I'm gonna read is gonna be in Joshua chapter one. Verses six through nine. And it says, uh, this is the Lord speaking to, to Joshua. He says, be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be, of, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. You know, this is, you know, one of those, those verses that I know that, that God's speaking to Joshua because he's given them this tremendous responsibility to lead the Israelites. <laughs> Leading a couple of million um, people that, that have a history of not being very easy to lead. Right, right, right. And, and so here he's been given this, this tremendous uh, responsibility and burden. And it's, it's God's giving him this, it's almost like a, a reminder says, you know, be courageous, have courage. Cause, cause you're, you're, you know, you're doing what, what he's commanded, what he's asked you to do. I think one of the things I've always struggled with is confidence. I, I have lots of self doubts about my abilities, about my, you know, my effectiveness, my, you know, what, you know, what, what can I do? I, I can't do anything. I'm, I'm, I'm incompetent. And, and, uh, you know, these are the verses that I go to from time to time. And it's like, you know, have courage, you know, um, because it's, it's not you. It's not about you. It's about God. And that's where, that's where you get that source of courage to, to stand up and, and do whatever needs to be done. And that's, I, I, I don't enjoy confrontation, you know, but at the same time, I know that there are times when I have to be willing to confront and to stand up and to have courage. Um, 
that's you know it is not my part of my personality to, to be like that but i have to i have to muster that courage because it's 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 necessary and i think that's just one of those things that that even here this this man you know all these years ago god was 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 instilling that in him you know prior to that joshua you know he'd already been fighting battles well, you gotta, you'd think you'd, he already had courage because he's already been this warrior. But he was talking about a whole different kind of courage. It wasn't about facing death. It was about trying to, to lead a bunch of, of uh, you know, people that, that, like I said, were not didn't have a history of being willing to follow. Um, and, and so the, the, the burden was tremendous. But the Lord provided... Um, everything for him, and 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 the big thing was he he provided that encouragement to say, hey, you got this, you you know, and I'm right there with you, and I have to I had to remind myself that sometimes is you know what he's he's right there with me. I just got to do what he commands us to do. Uh, I think the the next one I was going to use is Second Nephi chapter three verses thirty-one to thirty-five, and it says, uh, "Nevertheless, notwithstanding the great goodness of the Lord in showing me His great and marvelous works, my heart exclaimeth, O wretched man that I am! Yea, my heart sorroweth because of my flesh; my soul grieveth because of mine iniquities. I am encompassed about because of the temptations and the sins which does so easily beset me." When I desire to rejoice, my heart groaneth because of my sins. Nevertheless, I know in whom I have trusted. My God hath been my support. He hath led me through mine afflictions in the wilderness, and he hath preserved me upon the waters of the great deep. And so here is this moment in Nephi's life where he's, you know, I can just imagine he's, he's, uh, he's journaling, basically. He's pouring out his soul into this, this record of his, he's pouring his heart out for us, and I think it's such a, a tremendous blessing to to get a glimpse of his heart, uh, because you know it's easy to to just look at all the things that he accomplished and and his great faith and all the blessings he's had, but he struggled. You know, he had his his particular temptations and sins. He had his own burdens to carry. This this struggle we all have is universal we we look at some of the examples we have in scriptures of all these these mighty men and women and we look at them as like they were perfect and they never never had bad days or never had you know times of, of weariness or woe or just feeling the the weight of the world on your shoulders and, and he's and he's really exp- you know sharing his his heart and and it's it's universal it is it is all of us that that face this this struggle, and you know, it is even you know right there at the beginning it says notwithstanding the great goodness of the Lord he he can look back and recognize it, but still it's a struggle. That even the the blessings we look at in our past, they there's still going to be days of struggle. Recognizing that that. Um, that is the reality of our human existence, and 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 knowing that it's part of the struggle, but it's not the end of the struggle, and that's when he 
he reaches that point of, nevertheless, I know who in whom I have trusted. My God has been my support. And he's, he reminds himself of all the things that he has done in his life, the blessings he's experienced in his life. And, and those are the things that help him through those hard times, those hard uh, moments of, of depression, despair, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's, it's something that uh, is universal, like I said, to, to mankind. And if it's universal, then it's, it's, it's overcomable. It is, you know, because we have those examples of those people who have overcome it, who have gone through the, the, the valleys of life and emerged uh, up on the, on, the, on the mountain afterwards. And, and you keep going and you keep pushing forward and you, uh, you go through those. You don't stay in them. And uh, I think that's, that's one of the things about that, that particular scripture is, is here is this, this man who um, was certainly an example of a, of a godly man, a, uh, an amazing man. And he had his burdens and his struggles. And it's, I take comfort in that, knowing that I have my own burdens and my own struggles. But I also know that it's, they're overcomable. That's, uh, I'm going to jump in there. I like that verse as well. And I think to myself that here's Nephi as you, and you just hit on it. He he's, he's the good guy. He's the hero of the book of Mormon, the whole intro of the book of Mormon. Right. And, and it's, it's so powerful that he has the same struggles. And in my mind, I think, well, if he's a wretched man, I must be way more <laughs> off the charts. There's, I, I don't show up. Right. Because I, I wouldn't want all my uh, uh, sins known to the world, right? I mean, no. I, I know my own wretchedness as well. So I just, uh, I read that and, and part sometimes I, I appreciate it and the, the connotations that you put on it. And sometimes it's just even harder because uh, I can defeat myself. Uh, even even more so when, when I think, well, if he was the good guy and he th- thinks this of himself, where do I measure up? I think that that's, you know, the, the, that is why it's here. Everything, in, I believe, is in scriptures for a reason. And I think this is here for a reason. That, 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 that humility that, that Nephi showed in sharing that. Because it's, if you think about it, it's, 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 a, it's an example. This is a perfect example of one of the tactics that, are, that Satan will use. Yes. Is, is he he knows, okay, yeah, God's blessed him, but I'm going to make him remember all the, the times he messed up. And I'll, I'll, you know, I'll bring those things up and, and accuse him again of, of his, of his failures. And, and, but then, you know, the Lord, you know, guides Nephi through this. And, and, and it's, 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 this is a, an example of, this fiery dart that, that Satan is throwing at him that his armor, you know, is able to deflect. And, and, and then he, you know, as the rest of the chapter goes, he, he goes forward and uh, as a, as a conqueror and, and overcoming this, these, these times in his life when, when these, when these things happen, these thoughts come to him. Great fun. 
<laughs> All right, keep cooking. Yep. Uh, so uh, the next one is going to be in Second Nephi as well, chapter 12 and verse 23. And it says, For the kingdom of the devil must shake, and they which belong to it must needs be stirred up into repentance, for the devil will grasp them with his everlasting chains, and they be stirred up to anger and perish. And this is just one verse out of a out of a, of a prophecy, you know, and talking about our day. And I, I recognize, I, I think it's important when we look at those things that are going on in the world and that it can seem like it's just completely chaotic. That, you know, that who, you know, that things are just happening so fast and everything's just being turned upside down. Um, you know, right now, things are just upside down. And, um, you know, not just the, the particular virus we're going through right now, but I think it's it's that bigger picture of talking about our day. He's he's revealing this, this purpose, is that all of these things have to happen because the, the world needs to be shaken. People need to be woken up woken up to a, a need for repentance you know and, and that's that kind of perspective has, allows us to see those events that that we see going around going you know around us as okay god's still in control he's doing this to wake people up and and you know i have to ask myself am i awake enough am i doing those things that i'm supposed to be doing but recognizing that it's this this is the the opportunity this is the 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 thing that that he's trying to do is he doesn't doesn't want anyone to be lost he wants everybody to wake up and that's why he's you know these things must happen and so when 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 you in my mind when i when i come to that realization that these things must happen because we said we it seems like we spend so much of our life wishing things didn't happen. You know, well, I wish we didn't have to do this. I wish we didn't have to have be quarantined. I wish we didn't, you know, have to do, you know, X, Y, or Z or have to go through X, Y, or Z. But having the, the mindset of these things must happen for people's soul's welfare. To me, it makes it easier to endure whatever happens. Mm. Because yes. there's a pur- there's a purpose behind it. So that's one of those one of my favorites that I that I that I use you know frequently because it's I think it's so important to have a right frame of mind. Um, our attitude determines so much about our life and uh, and you know what God is doing in our lives, and so allowing Him to do those things that He has to do. Um, for for his creation, and and just recognizing that that those these things must happen. So, just just one of those things about getting you know for you know I guess all these scriptures are about things the scriptures that that help me get my mind right. Right, right. <laughs> um, this is totally what what these are about, I guess. Um, I got one more in the Book of Mormon. I was gonna. I was going to bring up, and that's in, in Alma chapter 17, and it's verse 3. And it says, And now, O my son Helaman, behold, thou art in thy youth, 
And wherefore I beseech of thee that thou wilt hear my words and learn of me. For I do know that whosoever shall put their trust in God shall be supported in their trials and their troubles and their afflictions and shall be lifted up at the last day. And he goes on to say, well, I don't, I don't know this because someone told me I, I know it because I experienced it. Um, and, and so it's, it's just that, that comfort of, you know, we're all going to have trials. We're all going to have troubles. We're all going to have afflictions. But when we put our trust in him, that's when we can, we, you know, have confidence and have that, uh, that knowledge that, that there is an end and that will be lifted up at that last day. And, you know, and he's talking to his son here, just trying to, to, to get that little pearl of wisdom into his, into his young mind that, um, that when we do have that kind of relationship with him, that puts our trust in him, that, that that's when you feel that support. Because you're still going to have the trial. You're still going to have troubles. You're still going to have problems, but you won't feel that support unless your trust is in him. Um, and and it's it's in the, those trials and those struggles. You know, I guess we're, we're back to struggling. It's like with Nephi, it's a struggle. Um, you know, I was uh, I was preaching the other day and and uh, about Jacob um, before he had his name changed to Israel. Because the word Israel, you know, the, the names always had meanings. And the word Israel means struggles with God. Huh. And and it, it's really, it, you know what's really crazy is, you know, that, that everybody likes to, well, that's, that's Palestine. That's it, not Israel. Palestine, uh, Palestina in the Greek and the Latin means land of the wrestlers. Right. You know, that 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 whole concept of wrestling with God. And that's really what we all do as we go through our life. We we have those those struggles, those those mental wrestling matches we have about, well, well, why am I going through this? Or why is this happening? Or what do I do next? Or um you know all you know, just you know, pick your your favorite struggle. It's they're all there for a reason. And and it's it's important for us to have those struggles. We shouldn't we shouldn't run away from our doubts or our troubles, our our struggles with God. We should recognize them and, and work through them um, because they're important. It's only you know if you think about it. So we're the 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 people that that we have often have the the biggest conflicts with struggles with. Our, fa- our our families, our our, our people that yes. we know. Yes, we're we're harder on them. It seems like. Yeah, and and if you think about it, you wouldn't have a struggle if you didn't have a relationship. Part of that part of that um, that concept of the struggle with God is you have to have a relationship with Him to even have the struggle. Right. If he wasn't, if he didn't have a relationship. It'd be, it, there's no struggle at all. You just go do your own thing and there's no struggle. And that's not what he wants. He it's because, wants us to struggle. Because you don't care. You don't care. Yeah. You know, it's a, uh, we, but I guess it's a, this concept of, of wrestling with these issues. You know, you, I picture two guys that are wrestling. 
Uh-huh. And if we're wrestling with God, if, if two guys are wrestling, you can't wrestle unless you're in contact with them. If, if, you're, if, they're, if two guys are wrestling, but they're not touching each other, it's, it's kind of a modern interpretive dance or something. <laughs> it's not wrestling. Okay. You have to you have to get in there and 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 touch and have that kind of relationship and to to work through those things and so um, and, and I guess these in the in these struggles it's when we when we grow and that's what God wants for us is to grow and it's it's when we learn how to put our trust in Him as we grow through those struggles it's you know. He was, you know, this is Alma talking to his son. He was old. He he experienced a lot in his life. You know, he'd he'd been uh, he'd been knocked down by God, and uh, and broken, and and really changed his life. And he's trying to instill that same sense to his son, like you know, I I know, because he's gone through those trials. He's had those 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 wrestling matches with God, and he's grown. And he's learned how to how to put his trust in him, and so I think that's important for all of us is to is to is to grow through those things, to put our trust in him. And, and that's you know that's one of those verses that just gives me comfort that you know we will be supported through those things um, in our in our trials in our life. That uh, that if we didn't have the trial, if we didn't have the problem, we wouldn't have the opportunity to have that support from God because we would be self-sufficient. We would be, wouldn't be, we wouldn't need him. And that's, that's not what he wants either. He wants us to need him. All right. Uh, next one I got is in James chapter one, verses five and six. And this is a very familiar one, but it's, I think it's foundational for us. And it says, if any, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. In church history, this is one of those verses that we, that if we study church history, it's, it's pretty prominent. Yep. But it's, it's not just about church history, it's about us. He wasn't just talking to Joseph Smith. He wasn't just talking to, you know, the people back then. It's, he's talking to you and me today. That when we don't know what to do, we have this avenue that we can we can go to God and and ask with that that confident expectation of um, of an answer. My, you know, I think the challenge for all of us is 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 recognizing the answer or, or waiting for accept- it. Yep, or or willing to accept it. Oh yeah. No, no, yeah. No, no, no. You don't understand. That wasn't the answer I wanted, um, because sometimes the answer is no, and sometimes you know I I think of a I don't remember who preached it. Sometime I, it, it one of those things that stuck in my head for whatever reasons. You know, sometimes the answer is yes, and sometimes it's no, and sometimes it's not yet, and uh, and being willing to to wait, like you said, um, but. Being willing to wait isn't giving up. Being willing to wait is just willing to acknowledge, okay, you're the boss, and uh, 
and I'm willing to wait. And and with that with that that confidence to know that you know he is that source of wisdom. And and what I need to know, he will he will let me know. And in a way that, that I know it. You know, when we were considering moving up here to Grand Junction, you know, this is one of those verses that we were you know, that really played on my heart because, you know, it's like, Lord, is is this what we should do? You know, and it wasn't, you know, we were fasting and praying for for several months, you know, trying to to know is this is this what you want us to do? And, you know, it was there was there was just these moments of, you know, I know for Liza, it was just a moment of knowledge, like, oh, oh, yeah, this, this is, and, 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 you know, the same for, for me, it was like, oh, okay. Um, it's, it's asking for, for direction. And, and, um, and then when you, when you see his hand at work and you see the doors open and, and sometimes when the doors open before you even knock, it's like okay, God's God's putting that 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 uh, that thought and that that urge in into you, and then when you when you act on that, He opens the door. That and when you act on on your faith, then He He's um, He's already made the the plan ahead of time, but you got to take that step. Um, and then once you start making that step, it's like the the next step is already he's already got it made, and the next step is already there and already made. And it's like oh, um, he's he's given us that he's given that that knowledge to us to know. All right, now because you know when you're uprooting your family and and doing those kind of things, you you need to know, and and he did, so. That's one of those things of, of, of great comfort to me the, to know that you know, he still has that wisdom and I still ask him for it um, to know how, what, what's best and, and how best to, to handle different issues or whatever. But uh, you know that, that promise is for everyone forever and I take a great deal of comfort in that. The next one I got is First John chapter five, verses three and four. This is, for this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I think it's really important for each of us to know that we can overcome the world. That, that that's what we were put on this earth to do, is to overcome the world and to, to live that, that life victoriously over, over Satan, um, that he's not the, the boss of our souls. God is. And, and, and it's that, that our faith in him you know it's our our faith that that makes us do those things to live that life that he commands us to live and when we do those things he you know he immediately blesses us 
this this sense of being you know living a life that has overcome the world that you know it's when i think about this victory this overcoming that it's it's an eternal thing it's a war there may be battles when we fall but the war we can be victorious that our our faith will will guide us and and you know it's our our faith in him as we grow spiritually and it's it's like you said it's, it's not his commandments aren't grievous they're not terrible they're not onerous they're not difficult well they are difficult sometimes but they're not overbearing and therefore our own good more often than not i see Always. i see yeah. that if you do this you're going to be uh well you'll be blessed but there's also a a a blessing in that this behavior is is better for you than the other behavior, right? So, so the consequences of sin are the alter is the alternative, right? So it right. is it is just better for you all around to just follow these these rules, these guidelines, kind of like the law of Moses. It was very strict, and there's consequences if you don't do it. Well, this is commandments. It's very strict, and there's consequences if you don't do it. But but it's not necessarily uh, uh, immediate. It's more along the lines of uh, it's a, a consequence on your heart right yes yeah and it's and it's totally like that because it's it's in it's in keeping those commandments that you know we all we all want to love god when we think about what he's done well yeah he's and in the other places in john he talks about god is love and, and all those kind of things everybody wants to be loved and we want love and love is 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 this wonderful thing and this and he's just saying, okay, you know, this is what love is. You you keep his commandments. And and you know, and that's his love for us as well. Because they're there for, like you said, they're there for a purpose. They are there because he loves us. Because he wants us with him for eternity. He doesn't want us to to lose that. And, and it's out of his abundance of love that he gives him, gives those commandments because he knows he has the big picture. He knows how best to live in this life. Um, you know, and we get so so deep into the, the minutia of life um, that you don't get to see the big picture right, very right. often. You never see... Like your next step is always based on faith. You can yeah. see him when you look backwards, but your next step you take is always going to be on faith. Yep, it is. And I think that's that's one of the benefits of, of living out here. We have the opportunity to, to get up on top of a really tall hill called a mountain and and really see where you're at. And you know it's it's one of those those times of when you get up there it's like oh I'm really tiny yeah <laughs> compared to everything that I can see I am minuscule 
but that's the love of God for us that he sacrificed his son for something as minuscule as me. And, and, you know, and it's that getting, getting to the top of that mountain is that, is that victory. It's that, um, getting there to that point of realization is like, because whenever you, whenever I've done it, you get on top and you just kind of go, wow. And, and there's this, this sense of, um, of wonder. And I can't help but think that's, that's kind of like our, our, our life as well as we get to the end of it. And it's just like, wow. It's, and it's that same sense of wonder. And look at, you know, like you said, it's only when you're looking back in your life and you kind of go, wow. And, uh, but this, and it's, and it's, and it's not us that, that had the victory. It was God that provided that victory. We just got to experience it um, because we we got to experience being wrapped in his love and, uh, you know, and, and, and growing through our, our, our weaknesses and our struggles and our, the, the problems we have, have had in the past. And, you know, nobody wants to go back and live them, but we wouldn't be the same without them. We, we had to, you know, I had to reach that point of brokenness. And we all have to go through those times because that's what shape us. And that's, you know, it's getting through those those difficulties that we have the victory. Um, because he's he is shaping our soul from moment to moment. And then and the next verse I have is, is right along those lines, and it's um you know, it's looking forward to that time, and that's in Revelation chapter 21. And I'm just going to read the first four verses. And it says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. You know, and it's, it's you know, this future time of of you know, it's that same of sense of wow, of awesomeness of our Lord that, uh, you know, we have to experience the pain to know what it's like not to have the pain. And and we have this, this hope that all of that struggle, all of that wrestling was for a purpose. And, uh, and, and, and it's true. And that's that's the hope that we're all holding on to, and we're looking forward to that time when the, when we're not, you know, struggling like like Nephi was, you know, sharing his heart. Uh, when we're when we're when our wrestling is done because we're we're with him in his presence. Um, when we've when we when we lived our our life and, and uh, you know courageously and, and done those things that that he's asked us to do because he's prepared that way for us, that, that this, this time 
it's really not a time. It is a, an eternal existence in a perfect state of bliss. It's the ultimate wow moment of God is so good. And, uh, and we just can't help but love him because of that. And it's, you know, it's that, that hope that we always have, um, that, that the, the struggles we go through today and tomorrow are temporary. But these verses in Revelation are not temporary. They're forever. And that's where our hope is and that's what our goal is. That's that's all of my God, Daniel. Okay, thank you for putting up with my my back and forth there. Uh, I I don't mind it at all. Okay, uh, and thank you thank you again, and I appreciate it, and and I love the stories about your calling, and for all the ministers so far, and and again, I like that there's a uniqueness to your story as well. Well, I appreciate uh, you guys you guys doing this as well because uh, I've enjoyed your podcasts and, and I, uh, I think it's so important. I, you know, this is, this is relationships. This is connecting. And, and it's, it's an important thing that, 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 that we do. And so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Um, and anything I can do for you. Thank you very much. Well, have a good night. You too. That was, what do you know? Right. with Bob Hedrick. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For my yoke is easy and my burden is All right, now we can. Now it's done. <laughs> now we're done. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, again, thanks. Oh, my pleasure. Um, I hope it's useful.